turn up your radio. It's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hey there, welcome to another episode of DeLorean Talk. I know it's been a while, but I'm glad that you're still listening. I really appreciate everybody's emails and comments that they love the show and when's another episode coming. I can give you all kinds of excuses like I have in the past. Uh, I did move from Vegas to the middle of nowhere, Missouri. I moved to Marceline, Missouri, which is Walt Disney's hometown. Uh, I'm doing fun stuff here, but I love having the only DeLorean in this tiny little town of 2,000 people. Um, it freaks everybody out. They all love the car, as with everywhere, but it's a lot of fun being here. So thanks again for tuning in. I'm excited to be back. Please keep prodding me and sending emails and posting online and saying, Dave, when's the next episode? Now, as you already know, this episode, I'm super excited to have Kat DeLorean, John DeLorean's daughter, joining today. Hey, Kat, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really only know anything about you from the video, from the little bit of video where you showed up at the 2000 DCS when your dad was there and you kind of jumped up there to help him with the microphone. And uh, that's the most I've ever seen you. I've been to several DCS events and uh, lots of stuff on the West Coast, but you're not on the West Coast, are you? No, we we were living in Texas for about 15 years, something like that. And then we moved to New Hampshire. So now I'm actually in a town called Antrim, which interestingly enough, I learned is the county where the car was built. When I Googled the sign on the far on the barn of the farm that we bought that said Glen Antrim. And then I learned that the DeLorean was actually um, built in Antrim. And if you read the Irish Times, it says the first 10 cars rolled off the line in County Antrim. So really oh cool gosh. story, right? Really neat story about where I live now. <laughs> you lost me for a second. I'm like, what do you mean where the car was built? Oh, you mean in Ireland? In Ireland. That yes. is amazing. Isn't it amazing? This town was settled by Irish settlers. And wow. I had no idea because it, it wasn't actually built in Belfast. The plant was in Dunmurry, which... Um, is actually right there in County Antrim. So wow. uh, it's really neat, huh? <laughs> that is really neat. Let's step back for a second and start with, even though a lot of people know who you are, there's a lot of DeLorean owners that honestly just don't know a lot about John DeLorean's life. They love the car. Would you give us a little intro about yourself? You know, uh, uh, what's your backstory and, and who are you? Oh, absolutely. So I'm Kat DeLorean. I used to be Catherine DeLorean, but when I was 21, 22 years old, my father called me and said, your name is wrong. You have to change it. And he wasn't <laughs> joking. My grandmother, her name was changed when she got off the boat and her original name was Catalin. So he insisted I change my name Catalin. And I said, how about from now on I go by Cat and we call it even. So now I'm Cat DeLorean. <laughs> I am cool. the daughter of John Z. DeLorean, one of the greatest minds of the 20th century and automotive genius. Um, he is my dad, my best friend. He taught me most of what I know in my life, and he is definitely why I am the incredible person that I am when I am incredible. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so married, family, Yes, I am very happily married for almost 18 years, 18, 19, 19 years. <laughs> Get it right <laughs> if he's there. Years, almost 19 <laughs> years. Oh, my gosh. Yes, 
and I have three wonderful children. I have um, my son, Kevin, my daughter, Acacia, and my youngest daughter, Serafina. And Kevin is my son. He just had his first child, my grandbaby, Axel DeLorean. Wow. Very cool. Coolest name ever. (laughs) And your youngest is how old? She is uh, 16. She'll be 17 in September. Oh, my Um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, my children are all grown up. <laughs> the recent pictures I've seen of you, you still look super young. I was well, not expecting you. that. Wow. Um, I I actually, um, I, I had my first child when I was 21. I So wow. I, I had all my kids young. I actually think I did that because my father was, he, he passed away when I was so young. Yeah. So I wanted to be young with my kids. Nice. <laughs> At least that's my excuse, and we're going to stick to it. <laughs> my, I know my dad was almost 50 when I was born, so everybody thought he was my grandfather. Yeah. And same thing, he passed when I was 24. And, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of hard, but uh, that's that's awesome. You started the family early, and the kids are off doing their, their own things now. What kind of work do you do for a living? Hmm. <laughs> that's a really cool question, too. Um, I actually just retired after 20 years of working at a major financial institution. I worked in information security, and the job that I had in my last position for seven years was a what's called a penetration, a red team penetration tester. That's basically a good guy hacker that tests for all of the things that bad guy hackers test for to make sure that we find any of the problems and fix them before a bad guy does. So it's called a white hat hacker. I am a professional hacker. That is my job or was at the at the bank that I worked at. I retired to focus more on teaching and mentorship because my favorite part of my job was connecting with the next generation, um, being inspired by them and um, helping guide them along their way to 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 help, you know, change the the next face of security. And this was what I just lived for every day. So I wanted to focus more on on that. And I was given this just, it, it was just this incredible way that this came about. This wonderful manager came. He wouldn't give up on trying to get me to go work with him. And now I work on this wonderful team at Pluralsight. And we make online content to teach people um, how to do, things in technology. It's great. They sell individual subscriptions and then corporate subscriptions. And then I make content for them teaching people, but also hacking. So I'm a hacking content creator, (laughs) which I thought being a hacker at a bank was the coolest job in the world. I think (laughs) this one is. So I definitely have an awesome day job. You must, you have to be a fan of the movie Sneakers, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. I'm. I'm a. I've been in software since early '90s. Not a hacker, but I've done pen testing minimally in the past. So uh, that's that's awesome. I I didn't know for sure that you were a, a computer geek, but when I found your LinkedIn profile, I was like, wait a second, that's not what I expected at all. I was thinking <laughs> you'd be a model or or doing something in that line. I was. I actually was a model. I quit when I had my son. I didn't want to raise him in that lifestyle. My children wouldn't have had a choice in yeah. being famous. Right, right. And so when I got pregnant with my son, I was I don't I, I wasn't working for Ford at the time. I was working for Click model model. I did my last runway show eight months pregnant with my son. And <laughs> yeah, and and then I moved to California to be closer to my Christina and her family. And after that, I actually had was still getting calls by my agent, and I said, I, I no, 
So I went and became an intern at Countrywide at the time. And I went into this really great internship program and I worked my way up from an intern, did jobs all over IT. I started I started as a developer, then I was a Windows engineer, then I was a service delivery consultant, then network security, application security, then a pen tester. So <laughs> no wonder well, I was gonna say no wonder you like the DeLorean, but it's kind of a given. <laughs> girl geeks like the DeLorean and uh yeah you know a lot of there's always that joke out there in the community like you don't get the bikini chicks hanging out at the DeLorean get togethers <laughs> but lots of girl geeks like them that's awesome totally unexpected uh for me anyway I've got a list of questions and we can jump over any of them that you don't like but starting kind of personal on fun hobbies passions projects you just talked about what you love doing when you're not working and not spending time with your family is there something that you do in your spare time yeah absolutely well we we just bought a farm so we're farmers now so there's that uh but, like food uh, but I, or animals food well we're gonna get animals but we're starting with the food so we want to figure out the food thing and then we'll worry about keeping other things alive in the winter <laughs> in new hampshire yes, which is a real yes. challenge <laughs> But no, I actually have a really crazy breadth of hobbies, and I, I attribute that to my father because he fostered an interest in literally everything. My hobby would be having a childlike wonderment about nature when I wander outside, which means I want to know everything there is to know about every plant, rock, flower, food, you name it. If I see it, I got to look up everything about it, know everything about it, and spend all of my time examining how beautiful it is. This is one of my main hobbies now that we live on this farm. Yes, yes. No, it's, it's just great. I love photography. That is one of my true passions in life. I actually went to school for that as well. I went to art school for that. Like portrait, automobile, food, mm. landscape, all of it. I, it's painting with light. So it's, it's, it's whatever I see in the moment that I, I like to tell my husband, I want to show the world what it looks like through my eyes. So that childlike wonderment that I see in everything, I want to frame the picture so you can see why I see such beauty or such a wonderment. I want you to feel it. I want to tell story. I'm just, uh, and I guess I don't want to say narrative photographer, but I want each picture to tell its own story and sure. it doesn't matter what's a picture of. Yeah. Nice. But I, so photography and I love woodworking and hmm. carving things out of wood, whittling things, which my father taught me. And what's interesting is, is I've always had this drive. I feel this internal drive to build things out of wood. And I've never really been a woodworker with a whole studio and everything, except for when I was small. We had one in our farm. Well, I recently learned, because I finally read my father's book for the first time, <laughs> that he built that woodworking shop in at the farm to work on projects with Zachary because the one really positive memory he has of his father is that he was a brilliant carpenter. Huh. So I find it very interesting that my whole life I've had this inner drive to be a carpenter. And I had no idea why until I read his book and my genes just kind of have it in there. That's one of the things that I really, I love wood. I love to go out and find a piece of wood and see what it wants to be and then carve it into whatever that is. I actually don't have much of that on my Instagram. I should. Yeah. Personally, I have wanted to, I watch a billion wood turning videos and I 
I want to get a lathe one of these days, but that's about the limit of my wood interest. <laughs> you should. And you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. It's very cathartic. Yeah. My husband used to say to me, you look stressed. You should go play with your Dremel and your wood over there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so family and, and passions and hobbies. I didn't organize my questions, but I will. The next question really is about growing up with your dad. Oh. Don't think you, I think you said you had not had a chance to listen. I interviewed your brother six plus months ago, got to meet him at the last DCS show. And he was just, you know, super down to earth and real. And, you know, nobody really knew anything about Zach. At least you were in the public eye at some point. You were around the community and your brother just wasn't. So he was really an unknown. He shared some great, you know, information and, and stories about growing up with your dad. He did pass when you were young. So uh, what stories, you know, what comes to mind that you want to tell the DeLorean community and and favorite memories <laughs> my favorite memories of my dad are very ordinary ones it's crazy because i asked on facebook for people to ask me questions they wanted answered because i wanted to answer the most asked questions and i anticipated that many of them would come up again and this was one of them what are some of your favorite memories of your dad and um, in my video i start crying because i actually realized when i thought about the question i realized that my favorite memories of my dad are actually the fact that we played gin every single night when i was small i would visit him for every holiday every single holiday and every night either in new jersey or in new york we would sit on the couch and play gin rummy all night and watch a movie in New Jersey. We would go to the video store and each rent a movie and we would watch each other's movies. And in New York, we would just sit on, we would, so in, in New Jersey, we would eat popcorn and rent movies from the video store. And in New York, we would watch movies on cable and eat coffee ice cream from the container. <laughs> um, Those are awesome so, memories. Yes. Yeah. And I tell also the story that like the couch we sat on in New York, when he gave it to me for my first apartment, it had a worn spot, a big one and a small one from where oh. we sat. Yeah. This is kind of why I'm putting together why I actually started the legacy project is one of the reasons why myself, my brother and his friends have these ridiculous stories about my dad, which, <laughs> which really embody the person that he was. His favorite joke to tell was about having lunch with Pancho Villa and it involves somebody eating horse poop, right? <laughs> like, and he just told, he told this joke to everybody indiscriminately. It was hilarious. <laughs> And it was a it was it was a glorified fart joke, right? And he just thought it was the greatest thing, and and he did things like in the movie. I told Jason, ironically, my favorite scene is Jay Alex, who's the financial investigator, who says, um, "Your father said he was on the radio in the morning and he was talking about me." Or you know, he didn't say that to me. I actually called him later we'll get into that in a second but he says he he looked at me and he says I was talking about you on the radio this morning and I couldn't remember do you spell s head I'm not gonna swear on your show but you know um, <laughs> kids aren't head. listening to this you're, well, you're well but yeah okay so I say snit that's the way I say it Got so it. do you spell snit head with one t or twos <laughs> and and he said it to his face and so I that comment to me 
was a perfect embodiment of who my dad really was. That was his way of saying, <laughs> screw you, dude. Like, uh, you caught nice. me, you jerk. Because he he's funny. He was a funny, lighthearted guy. I was just telling Zach today, I said, Zach, all those memories we have of dad being that goofball, that's what I want to encapsulate. That's what I want to tell. That's awesome. Because nobody knows that side of my dad. No. And he was a ridiculous prankster. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, most of, well, I would say most of the owners nowadays are younger and you know, we didn't experience the, the eighties, you know, the way you and Zach did with your dad. We don't, we only know the public side. We only know the negative stuff and the stuff that's, you know, been in the books. So yes, telling yeah. those stories will be fantastic. Yes. And that's kind of what, what I want to do is that, you know, it's really tragic. Even I didn't know all my father had accomplished in his life because so much of it is overshadowed by the story. Right. And my husband looked at me one day and he said, your father had more patents than years on this earth. And I said, what? He says, yeah, yeah. Just think about that for a second. Your father had more patents than years on this earth. And it's why is his entire career erased by this one moment? He changed. He didn't just change automobiles with the fact that the automatic transmission functioning the way that it does was designed by him at Packard or recessed windshield wipers or little things like that. Yeah. He changed history and culture by having them mass produce his own personal hot rod. <laughs> GTO. Think about that for yeah. a second. It, it's like you, you yeah. build your own car in your garage and your friends borrow it and you just happen to be the president of Pontiac and you're like, hey. I got something here. Let's yep. go make it. Oh, wait, they won't let me, but I know how to get it done. <laughs> I love telling that story. And I, anytime I talk to other, I'm not a car guy. I'm a DeLorean guy. I love the car, the DeLorean car, but I don't really know much about other cars. But when I do talk to car guys and the GTO comes up or the Vega or any of this stuff, I'm like, John DeLorean, John, I talk about the recessed windshield wipers. I talk about... The GTO was basically like, nah, you can build 5,000 and then that's it. And then boom, change the culture yes. of the car exactly. culture of the United States and the world. So yeah, forever. it's, it's forever. an amazing story. He didn't just change the car culture though. And see, we say that, but when I started to think about it and talk about it, our culture overall became oh, sure. defined by cars to the point of yep. where today, so back before the muscle car era, a car was a utility to get you from point A to point B. Today, it doesn't matter if you're a muscle car, sports car, you are defined by your car. Yep. Even if you're wealthy or, um, you know, and you want to get a, a, a Rolls Royce or whatever, uh, ver all the way down to what the, the people who love to um, trick out their their Miatas to create the world's greatest, you know, little uh, fun flick of, yeah, yes. race car. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. <laughs> Every single person, your personality is now defined by your car. And that didn't happen the same way before the muscle car era because yeah. that was the characteristic of the muscle car era. I am yep. defined by my car. <laughs> So he changed our whole culture, and all people want to talk about is this one moment. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, the media does a good job of making something out of nothing and trying to make people look bad that 
I don't know you and you don't know me, so I'm not I personally don't think your dad was dumb enough to go get into that, but we don't need to I'll let you tell that part of the story on your project. So you'd mentioned the legacy project. But What's, wait, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Because right. I will say something really interesting that I learned during this legacy project on that point. When I was in high when I was in high school. No. When I was in college. <laughs> when I was in college I wrote a really interesting paper about how my father my father's case was case law and it was the first time the entrapment defense worked but more than that there was it was a whole paper about a jury group think and that's that's basically what it was talking mm. about what i learned recently about what happened during that trial which i found fascinating which jason pointed out to me was my father was acquitted because he was entrapped that is true and that is what is well known about his defense. But sure. what is lesser known is that he didn't actually commit any crime. And that's why he actually was let go. Right. Yeah. He never transferred money. He never transferred drugs. He didn't do anything but show up to meetings. He also didn't bring anything of value. Right. So if yes. You read it was all his... promised from the government. And he's like, OK, let's meet. So he figured out what was going on. So if you read his book, he figured out what was going on before. The letter to and, the lawyer. I, I show that to people all the time. Yes. Yeah. And so he brought them worthless paper. He never was going to exchange anything yeah. of value at all, even if the whole thing went through the – because you're walking into a room with a bunch of killers. Yeah. Right? Like what do you do? So – For those listening, if you have not read that letter – read the letter it's literally one page it's very clear at the end of the letter it's like i don't know what's going to happen but you know now this is in writing yes yes I, if, yeah. if i die yep. open this letter and there's instructions for you is yeah. basically what this letter is so i that's something that was really interesting that i that i learned during this project which segue yes is it's an amalgamation first is there a website a domain yes it is this domain is now DeLoreanLegacy.org and the DeLorean Legacy Project started off as a book to tell the untold DeLorean story, which is all the positive impact that my father continues to have on this world by inspiring people. And it turned into this website movement, this journey, whatever it's turning into, what it is meant to encompass is how do we make the story of the greatness that my dad accomplished louder than this one moment in his life? And how do we use the joy that is generated by this to help change the world just a little bit? What are some of the social impact changes my father wanted to see in his lifetime or championed? For instance, one of the things that we started before it went from a book to a website to what it is now my husband and I had bought this mill, the famous mill that some people know about, some people don't. It's a really cool story, Millie the Magnificent. And we wanted to always turn it into a community center. And my daughter is dating this wonderful boy who just restored my Trans Am, my Babs. He, took, <laughs> he wanted to be a mechanic his whole life. His parents were like, get a real job. But he said no. <laughs> And he went through all of the, you know, the automotive classes and he went into college and and um, he, he brought me back my car. And we were talking to him about the automotive program at his high school, which is one of the best in the state. They have five fully stocked 
bays with lifts and everything. It's beautiful. Nice. But, you know, the science classroom is only one and half of them only have Bunsen burners. But that's okay. <laughs> they have five fully stocked bays. But this kid is – he reminds me of my dad. He reminds me so much of my dad. He's brilliant. He's He listens to jazz. Who listens to jazz anymore that's a teenager? <laughs> yeah. Right? And And I said, why didn't you take engineering? He said, I had to choose auto shop or engineering. I went, excuse me? And so I said to Jason, I said, we need an automotive engineering program here. What is happening? This is not okay. <laughs> so we, we had moved to Antrim and there was a teen center here. And this is a little bit of a long story, but my youngest was born with half a heart. And so she started high school as a high risk kid in the middle of a pandemic in a whole new state. Wow. Yes. So that's the short way of saying this teen center was a godsend because you can't socialize at school anymore with masks on. Yeah. And we decided to take this building. We would like to turn it into the John DeLorean Memorial Teen Center and Engineer Memorial Teen and Engineering Center and try and bring some of those programs that my father talks about in his book that they had at GM, that they have at different corporations that allow you to have the training that lead you to a job and bring satellite programs to places where they can't, they, you know, it's great that GM has a program at the University of Michigan. But what about my kids here in New Hampshire? Right. Everywhere else. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what we're going to try and do. That's, oh, that's what we're great. working on doing, right? So because if I have this name that is worldwide well-known, yes. let's use, use it. it to, yes, yes, let's use for it good. to, let's, yes, exactly. Let's use it to just, my dad's car brings joy driving down the road. So <laughs> yes, let's bring joy off the road, right? Uh, years ago, when I first couple of years of having my car, uh, she said, it's not a speed machine. It's a smile machine. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And it, it is. is every, every place all the time. People look at it and just smile. And that's what's so great. It brings. And that's one of the things is I said to my husband, I said, you know, what's so amazing. The greatest gift my father left me is the power to bring joy to people by gifting them a moment of my time. It's... I agree. Trust me. People have been bugging me for a long time saying, you need to get Cat DeLorean on the show. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I, I said, That's I don't have, what I, I mean. what? no, I but you mean... are, but you are making me and lots of people happy right now. Just being on the show, talking about your dad, talking about the car, whatever else we're going to talk about. I, and we really do appreciate you coming out and being still being part of the community. I know you were for a while. You were gone for a little while, but this is this is special for all of us, I think. You know, it, well, it's just a special for me, right? All of you have become my friends and family over the years. And, and I literally have more friends, personal friends that came from this community than anywhere oh, else. Nice. And and people who've lifelong been there for me. Um, it, it all changed for me one year. When I went, I wish I remember what year, oh, Kentucky, it would have been Kentucky because it was the Corvette Museum. I used to come to the shows and I used to always just say to my husband, like, I don't get it. What? My parents had a really good time one night out came me. Why does everybody <laughs> worship me? What did I do? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be gracious and sign everybody's car and love everybody, but I don't get why it's me. Why I am the, like, it was my dad. I'm just here to kind of have fun with all of you. I'm just a person. 
But somebody came up to me at the Corvette Museum and said, I want to thank you for coming to these shows because you bring a humanity to your father. You remind us that he was an actual person. Yeah. And you allow us to see who that actual person is instead of just this big iconic, you know, thing, right? This big news story who also happened to build an awesome car. Yeah, exactly. And so in that moment... I found my place in the I, – I, I found my charge. It became understood to me that it's my place to share with you these stories that humanize him, to be the humanization of my dad, and to just say hi on behalf of my dad. Yeah. You know, as a next generation, I'm going to interview him on, on Sunday, I believe, this wonderful kid, Connor. I call him a kid. He's an adult. Um, <laughs> he reaches out to me, third generation DeLorean owner. His grandfather bought it new. Oh, wow. We're going to tell the story on Sunday. But but he tells the whole story to me. And at the end of the story, I said – I respond to him and I was like, you know, I had the best day and this was my favorite DeLorean story ever. I can't think of a better way to finish it. And he says – he just says to me, he says, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we responded and he says he's going to go tell his grandmother. And I lost it. Oh. I And I'm going to lose it again, right? Because this person, all I did was read his story that made my entire day. And by saying thank you, his his whole world was made in that moment. What, <laughs> a, what, what a superpower to have. It took me five seconds. To, right, to, but... But Kat, that's the thing is somebody like you who has a direct personal special connection with somebody that all of us listening are, you know, we're either owners or fans, but you are not stuck up about it. You're not holier than thou. You're not, I'm above all of you. You're a real person. And that's why people (laughs) are so happy to have you around and enjoy talking to you because you are not playing that card you could very easily play that card of being aloof and saying yeah i i don't associate with people like you so Uh, i never know i mean i don't know you at all and a lot of delorean owners have known you for a long time i am positive just from my half hour with you so far no you're very real and that that's really appreciated thank you very much i attribute a hundred percent of that to my father true story I literally just learned how wealthy we were through <laughs> all of the, uh, not no joke. Yeah. Because I'm uncovering all of these newspaper articles that talk about how much money he had after he lost it all. My father, like I told Zach today, I said, Zach, do you know how much money we had? And he said, no, I think it was like $80 million after he lost it all in the eighties. I was like, you realize that means we were billionaires' kids, right? Yeah. Like after he lost everything. Yeah. Let's let's go back to after it was all done. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is every motorcycle I had, we bought out of the back of a newspaper. <laughs> that's because your dad was smart. Why go yeah. pay full price at a dealer when you can get something that you're going to be able to hack on as well in the garage and, and exactly. play with? But more than that, he taught us to live frugally and to not want for more, but to understand we could have it if we worked for it. So, for instance, I could have all the video games I wanted if I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning and went out and worked on the farm for $10 an hour, which is a stupid amount of money to work for as a kid. But it taught me that 
I I can have whatever I want. If you work for it. If I work for it. And boy, did I work for it because I got whatever I wanted. But (laughs) it teaches you the value of a hard day's work. And then you you learn a long time appreciation. One of my first manager at the coffee shop, she said to me, she said, I've never met anybody with a work ethic like you. Mm -hmm. I said, my father taught me that you you know, you, you can treat work one of two ways. You can wake up begrudgingly and hate it, or you can make it fun, enjoy it, and, you know, think about what's going to happen at the end of it, the result, right? Can we go on a little sidetrack on that? Because I think I asked Zach the same question, um, and, and I did not re-listen to that episode with him, but I'm just remembering, what was it like growing up with the name DeLorean? Before you got married, <laughs> you know, I mean, back then, DeLorean was very well known and i don't let's see what year did you get married was back to the future out yet yeah no so i got married so i'm actually i am how old am i am i 44 (laughs) is it am i 44 now i don't know i'm something like that i was born in 77 so i'm not you know um so so back to the future was long out before you got married okay so every the car was super popular you go work at a coffee shop and you say my name's cat delorean What's their response? They got it. They must have said, wait, DeLorean, really? Well, yeah. So the reason why I changed my name when I got married is twofold. One, I got tired of – so let me backtrack a little bit. I've been married twice. My first marriage, I kept my last name and I hyphenated it so that I could go by Catherine DeLorean or uh, my other last name. Got it. And – when I, because I'm now an adult, this is, I had my kid, I was, I got married very young and, you know, the whole nine yards living on my own and I have to now pay bills. I call because there's something wrong with my electricity. Oh, DeLorean, isn't your dad in jail? Oh, like, I no. can't call for my credit card, for my power bill, for my anything without that actual question. Wow. Every single time. Not is your dad John DeLorean like you know it's like is that is that is that your dad isn't he in jail something like that it's always every single time wow um when I was a kid there was just people would find out and they'd follow you around with the cocaine jokes in high school they loved there was a rap song that came out I I ain't DeLorean I don't do coke and furthermore you're making me choke well, I don't know whatever it is. <laughs> And they they thought it was hilarious to chase me around the school with the song. As a matter of fact, one of them found me like last year or something on social media and sent me a long apology about that because they had grown up and realized what it was like. So it wasn't the what I say in the movie. If there was an iconic representation of your entire life falling apart, would you park it in your driveway? It wasn't untrue. The way that I try and describe it to DeLorean fans, the way that I've come to be able to to owners specifically. When you take your car out and you have to answer all those questions and you get tired of the incorrect story that's out there, <laughs> yep. you're talking about your car that you get to park in your garage and leave – forget about yep. whenever you want to. I don't get to do that. That's my dad. I get it's, – it's, it's I don't get to park my name in my in – my, like I don't get to let that go. That's just who I am. Yeah. The other side of it was the real reason why I changed my name. Growing up, DeLorean, people, other people knew how wealthy I was, apparently, but I didn't. <laughs> right, right. And. Yeah, what can you give me? What can you do for me? Yeah. 
so I had just gotten my first job at Countrywide and I had to go through three technical interviews to get the job. There was 20 positions and there was like 200 applicants and it was a really good, they gave you, because you're a technician, they gave you certified training in all of the technology that they had there, MCSE, MCSD, like you got all of it. It was a great program. So I had to beat out a lot of people. I get this job. I'm doing really well. I'm walking to my car one day and my manager says something about my daddy buying this car, which I bought myself with my own money. And I'm just like, what? Right? Like, why would you even, why am I an intern at Countrywide if my (laughs) dad, right? seriously what kind of a thing is that to just say to somebody out of the blue and I looked at her and I said I bought this car and then she said something to the effect that that left it as even though I bought that car it was because of my dad's money type thing. and that it it was that when I tried to do my job and I tried to just be me People wouldn't forgive me for being rich, and I wasn't rich. Right. I lived in a townhouse, a two-bedroom townhouse that was like 900 square feet in Simi Valley, which wasn't a great place at the time. <laughs> and like they treated me like I had a silver spoon constantly shoved right. up my butt, and right. I didn't. Yeah. So it became a lot easier for me to not – be Catherine DeLorean and that created this really cool situation where every two years I could put on my costume my cat DeLorean costume and go to the DeLorean shows and then completely disappear into oblivion yeah and what what's crazy is I told Jason I said we should just all change our names back to DeLorean because my son's now going by DeLorean and he was from my first marriage and I said let's just all change our name then we all be DeLorean right we'll all just be one thing (laughs) He said to me, he said, you can't do that because I'm actually very well established as Cat Seymour. I have a huge following as Cat Seymour because of all the people that I've worked with and mentored. And and, and so so Cat Seymour on LinkedIn is her own person (laughs) that can't disappear because then all of the people that I've mentored over the years can't find me. Right, right. (laughs) So I was able, but the neat thing is, is I was able to define who I was in my own person good, and um, come full circle when I took this job, this new job, one of the things I said to them was, I'm retiring from this job so that I can do this, but I get to go be a DeLorean again. I said that to my manager and he said, all right, go forth. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you for sharing. I mean, there's a, that's a lot of good personal information and details. And I, I know people will be interested. I appreciate that. Let's transition a little bit to your, Again, you were young when all this happened, but what are your memories, if you're willing to talk about it, of the trial and of the right around that time? What are your memories of the real DMC business, not the fake company that's around now, but the real DMC business? Um, yeah, so I don't actually have memories of that time, probably not only because I was so small, but because it was like just a, a time where it, in your life – that you you forget because traumatic memories and, and times in your life, um, you just kind of 
don't want to hang on to. Sure. So, so, um, and that whole, that whole situation was really chaotic. It also was confusing because we went from like being in New Jersey and our dad went to trial. We were then living with our grandparents in, um, Oh, actually, I have a cute story about this. Okay, so I'll tell a cute story. I'll make it all fun. <laughs> okay. So we were living with our grandparents in Beverly Hills in this little apartment, which, true story, later in my life, in like fourth grade, my best friend Paris, her and her mother lived in the same apartment. <laughs> yeah, later. And it was crazy because I lost my Snoopy spoon in the garbage disposal. And when they rented it, the garbage disposal was still broken. <laughs> so it was... But but what I do remember, I remember staying with my grandparents. I remember some ridiculous things, like I slept on a on a on a foam thing, the egg crate thing on the ground. And then we used to go for ice cream all the time. And every time I would get to the corner, I would drop my ice cream over the curb for some reason. To the point of where we came back so many times, they started having the second cone ready when we got back. <laughs> so that that's a cute story about when we were living there. But beyond that, it was like we went from that to living at Tony's house. There was there was like we're living at grandma's house with dad. And then all of the sudden we're living with mom and some other guy. Uh, it, it was because she married him immediately after. Right. The trial was done. Yeah. So there was more this less this figuring out what happened with dad and more figuring out what the heck just happened. Right. Who is this other guy? And yeah, like that... what just yeah. happened to my life? Why am I now living all the way on the other side of the country? Yeah. Um, Cause you're at that else... time, you're five, six, seven years old, right? Yes. Yes. I was six years old when we, when we first moved out and then I started Marymount first grade. So I was about seven and hmm. that was, um, that 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 was just kind of how it 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 happened. Sure. Um, but I don't have a whole lot of memories of the the business. Of, of yeah, the, the business yeah. and the chaos because Zach got to go on all the trips with Dad, and he and I don't really. I mean, I wish I would have been able to see some of that stuff, but I also was very young. Yeah. So yeah. a little too young um, for that stuff. And I yeah. Maybe it was not a good question, but never know. Sometimes people, you know, you'll pull it out and say, "Oh, I remember this or that," and. So well, I remember the ice cream, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. That was like, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a big deal too, because it was literally every time I get to the curb, I drop the ice cream over the curb and then cry and we'd have to go back and get more. So it was a thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now let's fast forward. I'm sure that we could talk for hours. I don't want to keep you that long. What was your, when was your first ride in a DeLorean? Oh, please. I had to. That's a terrible memory. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to make you feel bad. <laughs> so, so literally when my dad, this is, this is the one thing I didn't, I was going to say, this is the finish of that question you just asked. The one thing I do remember about the company and when it was around was the DeLorean we had on the farm because my dad would drive around in it with Zach and I all the time. Now, that's a two-seater car. Guess where I was? Uh, Zach's lap? In the luggage rack. No, oh, in the, in the, they <laughs> up on the parcel shelf. The yes. <laughs> I was in the back, shoved in that laying across, and my memories. So so there, there's another reason why I probably didn't own one. My childhood memories are being shoved in the non-trunk in the inside of the car. <laughs> okay, that is great. I, I thought it was going to be really a bad experience. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> 
Oh, there was one bad experience. I got my arm stuck in the window once. That was that was traumatic. Uh, other than that, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, then let's uh, let's move on to that that uh, DCS in two thousand, the DeLorean car show in two thousand, where, like I said, you're on that video with your dad. Um, what do you what memories do you have of that? That car show was really special. Um, so when when I started writing this book, I actually wrote the first chapter about the first car show that started it, which was this car show in um, in New Jersey. It was a GTO car show. It's a fun story. I won't tell that now because you want to know about the DeLoreans. <laughs> but but after this car show, I went home and I said, Dad, 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 you have to see how much people still love you. You won't believe this. This is incredible. And I really, really wanted him to get out there and bask in the love people had for him because he just needed it. Yeah. And while I'm trying to do this, Ken had s somehow reached out. I think I, I think it literally came via fax or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ken, um, you're talking about Ken Consulic. Yes. Okay. And I don't know if it was Ken's that came by fax or the GTO. One of the two <laughs> invitations came by fax. That's all I know. <laughs> So when I got this, I got really excited and I kept saying, you have let I want to go see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Forget it. You have to go take me to the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. And unfortunately, and I say that that way because fortunately for everybody, my uncle was sick and he was also in Cleveland. And so it offered him an opportunity to also visit his brother. And so once that was a thing, it was a done deal. And I was able to get him to come with me to this car show. And I just remember it was like, you know, he'd, he hadn't been there. He hadn't been amongst that before. It was, it was really special for him. From, let's just say, post-trial, 83, 84, 85, from 85 to 2000, you don't remember your dad doing anything with the... I, I mean, there wasn't really a big DeLorean community, I'm assuming. There were a lot of owners, but he didn't do anything with the community during those 15 years? So I don't know if what he was doing with the community itself in the way that I began interacting at the car shows, things like that. Um, I know he was involved to some extent because somebody helped him in the 2000s create his D2 website. So in the 90s, uh, this cool story that you'll hear on my page, in the, in the early, early, early 90s, 91, 92, he actually created a car company with Fred Dulles in Louisiana. It was a done deal. There ended up being a government change in the place where they had the factory and then they lost that ha that happened. Okay. So that was the first car he tried to remake. Then in the mid 90s he had this other car which which I have on on the website which was that was the D2, right? So the D2 I was in, you know, the mid 90s, 97 is what we have the business plan for. Um, all DeLorean Motor Company. It's really cool. And then in 2000, there was a Roadster that he was trying to make. And in that 2000 Roadsters where he started to ma manufacture the watch and try and sell the watch. And he was working with somebody 
I actually might know somebody I can ask to, to help jog my memory, but I know he was working with somebody at that time because he was starting to get involved and he wanted to be involved with the owners because the watch, I guess Jason made a joke that he created NFTs before NFTs. <laughs> so if you bought the watch, you not only got the watch, but the right to buy the car. Right. Nice. Yes, that's right. Yeah. If you bought the watch, I remember that. So at that time, he was starting to interact with the, there's a very long answer to at the time he was starting to interact with the community because of this. And that's what I know. I don't want to say no, he wasn't sure. doing things because there were interviews, there were things that he was doing, uh, but I wasn't as aware of them because, you know, I, I sure you weren't with, with him. him all, and, yeah. You yeah. weren't living with him. You weren't, you weren't his social director. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it seeing that video of him at the 2000 DCS, it just seemed wonderful. Like, uh, again, he was the untouchable. You were the friendly one. And, <laughs> and like we said earlier, right, you're out there talking to people and especially now connecting. Um, it's just it's such a bummer that he didn't get to or that he didn't come out and get to know more of the DeLorean owners. Obviously, now it's much more of a cult following than it was in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Uh, but having well, having it's a you say a cult following. And that would be a, like a technically correct description. I mean, for owners, for the owners. Yeah, no, but but see, and that's a technically correct description if you compare what a cult-like following <laughs> is to everybody else. But with the Lorian owners, it's different. Yes, you are a cult-like following, but it's not because of the obsession and love of the car. The obsession and the love of the car and the cult-like following comes because everybody feels a charge to care for this piece of history. It's You're exactly right. I've said that many times. I feel like I am a caretaker yes. of 10515. Yes. It's not the it's wins. not just a car. It's exactly. I'm taking care of it. Yes. Exactly. And so if you are somebody who feels like it's your responsibility to take care of something that important and there is a collection of you, that's going to look like a cult like following. Yeah. But in it, it is it is unique to the fact that it is created not even because of your obsessions with the car it's the obsession with protecting it yes and, and my father's legacy i call yes yeah. i was gonna say and the legacy because yeah. the number of times where people come up with those stupid cocaine jokes or comments i personally am not the one i don't get angry about it i just want to educate them say yes XYZ, you yep. know, do you really think this? And I've read this, you know, I've read all the books and no, it's, you know, I, I don't take, I didn't know John DeLorean, but I just don't think he was dumb enough to say, sure, let's go do this. I think that <laughs> he was a businessman who wanted his business to succeed. And I, I mean, look, I, I've also said, no offense to you. I don't think your dad was an angel. I think he was a no. big businessman. <laughs> so no, he, uh, but it was, it was of the times. So yes. I look at him because I is this is so that's a great thing that you brought up. He wasn't an angel and I even talk about how John DeLorean and my dad were two different people. Sure. But the thing that really gets me, this is one of those things that's a unique observation by me. My father struggled with the bad things he did. When he did these things, he talked about them like 
they were necessary evils for the greater good. Anything he ever did that was weird or crooked or whatever in today, I say in today's business world because things were done a lot differently. It's not yeah. to excuse anything sure. or whatever. Yep, it's guess. just literally things were done differently back then. And I think he was too honest to not keep getting caught. Right. <laughs> and so in, in reality, though, uh, he wasn't an angel, but no, but it was that it's that when he did these things, he almost had to make it justified. He couldn't do it without finding a, an altruistic. Re the means had to justify the ends and he yeah. had to come up with something. Yeah. And it was incredible to like see him twist and turn in his own mind to try and deal with it. Right. My opinion is that's good. Because yes. if you're not twisting and turning and agonizing over some of those decisions, then there is a little bit of the evil that it's like, yeah, wait, yeah, you exactly. don't care how it affects other people. You don't care. Uh, you, you're just out for yourself. So I, I'm happy to hear that. No, he only did the things that were questionable when he felt like it was the only way to help protect somebody or something else. Yeah. And Good. and that's the way he saw it, either my kids or the workers or whatever. And I don't know all the things that he did, right, like sure, or didn't sure. do. Yeah. But he was at his core a good person, and he struggled really hard to just be that good person. It was, you know, he was a special guy, my I, dad. Yeah. Do you have any favorite memories of uh, meeting DeLorean owners? Or Oh, you know, that's yeah. not fair. Because if I tell one and then I don't tell others and then I don't tell others. Okay, I'll tell you my favorite DeLorean owner story. Okay. Jay Ryan, who some of you may or may not know, he and I met on Tamir's website, DMC Talk. I don't yeah, – is that it? I don't remember. Um, yeah. So we met on Tamir's board. website. Yeah. Yes. And he sent me a message and he's like, hey, you don't know me. Um, I'm kind of a different DeLorean owner, but it, like we kind of had the same upbringing and he starts to tell me about his dad and growing up in Connecticut and all this stuff. And this is immediately followed by me responding to him with a thousand spam messages, <clears throat> which was ridiculous. I start reading his story and I respond with something. I'm like, oh yeah, this fits my life. And then I go off into a story, I hit enter and then I read more and I'm like, oh my God, in this. And then I hit enter and I said, and it was like this, I looked like, an insane person. <laughs> like I was like, okay, that happened. So fast forward to the DeLorean car show in, it, this was still Kentucky again or something, right? Was he coming back from Kentucky or Florida or something? Anyway, he's coming back from a DeLorean car show. We lived in Texas. He's got to go to California. Our house was halfway between where he was and where he had to go. So we're like, here's a key, go stay, you know, <laughs> um, like take a shower and then do whatever. I kid you not, he walks into my house, he sees the painting, the famous painting, my dad's painting that everybody wants a copy of, the DeLorean with the blue background. Yeah. And he takes a picture and he texts it to me and he goes, oh my God, did you know I own one of these cars? He totally forgot who I was. He totally forgot <laughs> who I was. That's and a weird story, yes. It's not a weird story. It's a testament <laughs> to how much family you all become to me in my life. That he so separated me from how we met that he was excited to see the car, not even remembering he literally just left a DeLorean car show. But but the thing was, is to me, 
that is that is the way that I describe how close you all become to me in my life. Because if 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 I give the key to somebody to go to my house after leaving a DeLorean car show and they walk in to see the most famous <laughs> DeLorean painting of all time that is completely indistinguishable from who it belongs to. And you say to me, did you know I had one of these cars that there is no better compliment oh, in my life? Nice. Right. Yeah. So there you go. There's one of my favorite DeLorean stories um, that doesn't single any of you out except Jay. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, did you also know Don Steger? Yes. Because I, I saw the photo of you <sighs> online recently. Don is special. Don might be why you all have me today. Because when I left the first DCS... I was living in California at the time, and my flight home, I sat next to Don Steger. Let me jump in for just a second. Don't forget your train of thought. For everybody who doesn't know, Don Steger was one of the first mechanics, worked at DeLorean 1, I believe, in California from like 82 or 83, and he had a shop for many years. I think he had a shop for almost 30 years in Southern California, so he's worked on a bazillion DeLoreans. And he was—he just passed away. Uh, what two years ago now? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah. So he—I mean—he was around for a long time. One of the first shows I went to after uh, getting my DeLorean, I met him. He sat down next to me. I didn't know who he was, but yeah, huh. very sweet, friendly guy. So I'm he, sorry to interrupt. I wanted to tell everybody no, else who that's Don okay. was. No, please tell everybody who Don was. He's was one of the most amazing humans on this planet. If you see the picture, if anybody goes and finds the picture that I shared, you can just see in my face. Like, <laughs> I, there's a lot of pictures of me smiling. There are no pictures of me smiling like that, right? When I got on the plane, uh, I sat with Don, Nancy, everybody was there. And we talked the whole way home. And I got to know them. And when I got home, my Trans Am, my Babs, my baby, something had happened to her. And she needed to be repaired. And so I called Don and I said, hey, can you fix my car? And he did. He fixed my car. And after that, we nobody was ever allowed to touch my car. But <laughs> he, he fixed my car. And after that, we kept in touch. And then when my car ended up being totaled because somebody borrowed it without permission, um, it actually sat at Don's shop until I got a new exhaust for it. And we were able to – there's a picture of me in Don's shop with a ridiculously large wrench putting a Borla on my car. <laughs> he was who was going to build me my DeLorean. He was wanted to build me an LS DeLorean. So when I build my DeLorean, there are only a few things that I know it will have. I asked a question on Facebook recently. I said, you know, tell me what my configurations are going to be on my car just to get everybody <laughs> to talk about. Everybody's car has something unique that yeah. they're really specific about. And I love <laughs> how they get into why. So I just asked this question. And at the end of it, I now know that there are three things that are for sure on my car. One is the LS engine. Two is the upgraded suspension for correct ride height. This is something <laughs> that I learned. And three is it has to be a manual because I just drive manuals. Um, yeah, that's just yeah. my thing. No offense anyone out there. I, I just yeah. can't imagine driving a DeLorean with an automatic. I just like driving manual 
transmissions because I like driving my it's, car. Right, you're like, actually controlling it and driving yes. it. You're not just steering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like actually driving the car. So it's just my own thing. Yes. But Don will have his own special dedicated page on the DeLorean Legacy Project because he was so important to me and my mm. family and the community as a whole. He yeah. just was so beloved by everybody. So much love. I mean, very well missed. To Good. Don. It sounds like you are a bit of a car girl. <laughs> what is your current daily driver? Oh, a Ford F-250. <laughs> simple truck. Yep. Well, not so simple. It's a, she's a big girl, my <laughs> Gracie. She's a, she's, she's a beast. I actually won't drive Ford cars, but I won't drive Chevy trucks. Interestingly enough, I like Sorry, Ford trucks. That, you said, I said you I will drive. Ford. No, I won't. I won't. Oh, drive you won't drive Ford. Ford cars. Yeah, I don't hate Ford as much anymore. I definitely won't ever drive a Mustang. But anyway, um, I have a Z06. My Z06 is. I was just telling my husband this. That's my DeLorean. My whole life, I had one dream and that was to own a Z06. My wow. husband had one dream his whole life and that was to own a Z06. Together, we went out, we bought the car, no joke, went out to dinner like to celebrate, looked at each other and went, "Now what?" <laughs> right, that was your <laughs> that was for me, it was the same thing with the DeLorean for 20 years I wanted one and all of a sudden I I got my holy grail. And I was like, "Wow, there wasn't there was really nothing else on my list of yeah. I had a sailboat. The DeLorean was the last one. I'm like, wow, now what? Yeah, now what do I do? I've got my car. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> so it was... <laughs> what year is yours? Uh, 2016. 2016 Corvette Z06. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Have you driven a DeLorean and how many times have you driven a DeLorean? Oh, no. Oh, my God. You keep asking these questions that have these fantastic stories. <laughs> okay, so when my car was in Don's shop, he gave me a DeLorean oh, as, as a, a loner. As a loner. Yeah. Was and that I, the first time? That was the first time. No, I think I drove Ken's DeLorean. I think I drove Ken Consulate's DeLorean in Ohio when I saw it. That was the first time I drove nice. one. Nice. Okay. Unless I drove one as a kid. Because remember, I had a – well, maybe you don't. I, I had a car when I was seven. So, like, <laughs> I've been driving for my whole life. Yeah, when you live um, on a gigantic piece of property that you call a farm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Zach, yeah. I like – Zach has that story about – them taking the tr- the pickup truck or something out there and getting it stuck and then coming home and pretending they didn't leave the truck out there stuck in the mud. Uh, uh, you got to listen to the episode. It's very fun. So, yeah, oh, I, as a kid, you're driving that car around your, your farm in New Jersey. This is a fantastic story, which I don't know if I told Don the whole thing. Okay. okay so, so, okay. So, so he gives me a car that he asks one of his customers, do you mind if I lend your car to Catherine DeLorean? No, I don't. Okay. So wow. I get to drive this car because I have to go to school and the car leaks gas. Oh. <laughs> so there was that. But I was not used to driving a car without power steering. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. So you see where this is going, right? So there's this turn to get on the freeway when you're leaving my school. That's a one of those full U-turns, right? Yeah. And the the road was that hard, dark asphalt that is bumpy, but it, it's like super no traction, right? Okay. So and it and it just was one of those nights where it was also slick. So I hit this turn. I'm not even going very fast, but I hit this turn, and of course. 
rear end kicks out from behind me and I'm now facing the on-ramp with my head <laughs> in somebody else's DeLorean. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I'm going to die. Somebody's going to hit me. And I don't know how to explain that oh. I crashed the car. And I'm just sitting there. But of course, people are coming around this blind turn and there's headlights. <laughs> Looking at them. And it's a so, DeLorean. Yeah. And so people are, and I'm trying to figure out what to do because I'm not on actual good road now and I'm stopped facing the wrong. I don't remember what I did to get out of this situation. I, I'm pretty sure that you did an 18 point turn to <laughs> yes, try to turn around. Something <laughs> quite like that because it was not easy. Yeah. No power and steering. I, I just remembered the faces coming at me. <laughs> I was just like, why are there headlights when I come around this turn? So that was my experience of driving a DeLorean. <laughs> Very cool that Don was the one that loaned it to you, and then it was somebody else's car. I'm sure that person would love – well, I, if Don called them, they know that you drove their car, so that that'd be pretty cool. Yes, and I I did tell Don what happened. It's not like I hit it from like yeah, I almost yeah. crashed your car, man. <laughs> like, what? He's Don crashed a few DeLoreans, a few customer yes. cars. So oh, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what he said. He's like, don't feel bad. I've crashed. I've crashed yep. a few myself. <laughs> yep. How funny. Okay, to go up to the minutes. What do you think your dad would think of the new fake DeLorean? <laughs> So this question, Jason and I have been talking about, like, how do we want to answer it, right? Because it's a legitimate question that everybody wants to ask me. And I don't want to tell everybody who's curious, you can't ask me this question because I don't want to talk about it. Because then we're not dealing with the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. It's a valid question. But also, I think any half-intelligent person understands you need to be careful. Yes. You do not want to have bazillion dollars in legal yeah, know, legal yeah. fees fake dmc loves sending cease and desist letters and they love yeah. harping on people and and just making people's lives miserable and doing everything they can to destroy the goodwill between the owners and and their business so i get it you i don't want to put you on the spot of having to say anything and i'm not no, going to be offended no, no 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 and you know and part of what you said is part of what has happened right so again i came back for this legacy project and i tried to avoid drama and i didn't know how much there was going on but there's a lot of hurting people out there and what i've been trying to remind people is look if we go out there and we create a bunch more drama the car has had a lot of drama it's had a lot of drama that's what's defined delorean forever and i literally showed up to try and stop that so let's not yeah And what seems to be really effective at helping to correct what's been going wrong is simply just speaking our joys about dad and some of the truths that have been happening. And to the question about the car, Jason and I actually gave it a valid looking over. Because how do I answer this question without coming up with something that's just contrived and trite and whatever I think We looked for how it is representative of anything my father stood for. Is it a car that allows for the everyman to enjoy a fun sports car because they can afford it? 
No, not from what I understand. Uh, not at $150,000. So, no. Is it something that is inexpensive and, to own and will last a long time? <laughs> no. Okay. Definitely not. So and so and so my thoughts are if you want to build a DeLorean, why aren't you building a DeLorean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so it's not John's DeLorean. That's really I will say it's not even a real DeLorean. It's just a concept car that they're putting the badge on. You don't have to agree or disagree with me. That's my opinion that Yes, and regardless of so fine. But you could also have that that still embodies some of the things that my father stood for. Yeah. Right. It could have been a five-year-old concept car of somebody else. If it if it is or not, it doesn't. That wouldn't have mattered if it actually was something that celebrated what my father stood for. And what the name stood for. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that. The reason why I came back to do all of this is because the car once represented an iconic representation of my life falling apart, and now it represents a dream to me, not just his dream, everybody's dream, and they're daring to achieve it because they saw him do it. So this car, the name, the the history, you can go out and you can take the name Ford. And you can go build another Ford car. And there was a Henry Ford. But Henry Ford, beyond changing automotive history the way that he did, you can still look at a Ford car and separate a Ford car from the guy. And the name is still separate from the guy. The DeLorean name is synonymous with the man you can't really separate the two, which is which is made evidence by the fact that for some reason I can't tell the truth about my dad's history without it complicating things. I don't know why that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. But it seems that because it's very hard to separate the name and whatever's considered the brand, whatever, from the actual person. They are they're not as easy to break apart as other things. Yeah, it's the recognition. Yeah. And the thing the thing about what's happening right now is that and, and what I don't think a lot of people understand is that going out, especially since I was the face of my father, the reason why I found out about this is because of the cease and desist letters and people are mad at me because that's my name. That's interesting. People have thought that you're related to the fake company in Texas. No, that is what what I what I was even told by even Angel in the beginning was I had no idea that your family wasn't associated. And then oh. another person said I had no idea your family wasn't associated and over and over and over again. Wow. And a lot of people were really so my Facebook page <laughs> This was really funny. My Facebook page was dormant for eight years. And in those eight years, people sent me friend requests and messages that when I react, when I activated it, I responded to, which was funny because <laughs> yeah. they're like, what happened? <laughs> that was seven and, and a half years ago. Yeah, I thought it was it was fun for them and it was fun <laughs> for me. 
but there's people who were questioning and wondering. And so when these things happen, so people were saying to me, it's like, it's like Tesla's family being mad about the car. Okay. First of all, Tesla literally has no family, not right. even no descendants. Yeah. He doesn't even have other family. <laughs> Second of all, that was a tribute to the amazingness that yes. is Tesla. Yep. And he wasn't going around angering people in the name like Delore back to the future fans want to know why the car can't be at their shows anymore. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't have your, the answers you're looking for. And when I show up to do interviews and people are asking me these questions, what is ha I didn't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And so when these things happen and, and I'm terrified of a new car coming out because if they make a bad car you're going to be associated with it again yes. yeah and i can't not be yeah and so that's just that that's just so whatever happens with with whatever's going on over there my concerns really center around i'm being impacted yes a lot i've had many owner friends say why do you call them fake dmc and i only call them fake dmc 100 percent of the time now because that's my way of of yeah of making people aware this is not John DeLorean's company. This is somebody who bought the parts and bought a you know some piece of paper and then are trying to make people think that they're the original car company. True. So, true. True. But if you DMCH works almost as well. And so and I'm saying true to what I'm not validating what the facts that you stated, I'm saying true to how, you know, to be clear, to save my whole thing. I'm not saying all the things that you're saying are true. They <laughs> no, may or may good. not be. I'm okay. saying is true what you're, how you're approaching it. What somebody told me once, something very, very powerful, and consider it in this situation. People are fighting. All anybody sees is two people fighting. Currently, I showed up to reconnect with all of you. And I walked into a bunch of whatever's happening here. Yeah. If we, if, if everybody goes around and starts saying bad things about DMC on behalf of me in defense of me or my father, suddenly it turns into a bunch of anger being spewed both ways. And anybody who doesn't know the whole story is only going to see everybody being angry the truth is going to get lost in that when in reality what we have right now is an opportunity to make the positive stories of my father louder than ever before because of what's happening so instead of being angry about the past that we can't change let's take charge of today and leverage what's going on to have fun to connect and to heal by telling the truth louder than the lies can be and the rest of it will take care of itself but if we're angry other people won't hear what we have to say i probably will not stop calling them fake dmc but i didn't have somewhere to turn people to before all i was mm -hmm. doing was combating yes. the, the new fake company now i i probably will still call them fake dmc but i'll say i will figure out how to say but Go check out John DeLorean's actual legacy, and then I can point them to you. So let me phrase it to you this way. So if I come to you and I say, you shouldn't listen to fake DMC. You should go check out the DeLorean legacy. Or if I say to you, you know, 
DMC Houston may have some of the things, but the real story lies with the actual DeLorean Motor Company owner's daughter, John Z. DeLorean, something like that. The frame of mind we want people to have when they think of my dad is not anymore this drama. It should be the joy and the wonderfulness. And if there's a there's so much of it, there's so much good that was done. And there's so many people. There's so many people who love my dad that I I said something late night interacting with everybody in 1130 at night. And everybody was waiting for so long that I wake up to it being front page news, right? I'm not going to fault you all for feeling that hurt and for and for that being the reality. All I'm trying to say is it's not going to serve our purpose if we create this this drama because then our me- then they get to redefine what our message is and we don't have to. I know just a, just a moment ago I said I probably won't call, stop calling them fake DMC and. Uh, Again, you, you might have convinced, convinced me because it is it could be more powerful to use their marketing against them by using their marketing to point to you and your there and the you DeLorean go. Legacy website. Right. If they yeah. want to spend all this money on marketing, why don't we just use it Take to tell the truth? It. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? It's uh, yeah. <laughs> Two more questions for you. Okay. Thank you so much for talking about that. Do you want to be invited to future DeLorean owner events when DeLorean owners put things together and whether it's a, yes, that was, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah again, there's no, that part I, of it is like, do you, you know, do you still want to kind of be, you know, have your own private life and doesn't mean that you're going to get 800 invites a week, but there's a lot of DeLorean clubs and groups in, in the world, but especially in the country that get together. I started the Orange County DeLorean Club. I started the Las Vegas DeLorean Club. And we just got together for a burger once a month, or we do yeah. a tech day. Having you show up to that kind of stuff would be incredible. Yes. Well, so that's exactly what Jason and I were talking about. So as I'm meeting with everybody, it, the conversation ends with, if you're ever in Hungary, come <laughs> by and we'll feed you some local cuisine. Yeah. In Rome, you know, I've got carbonara and in, in um, all everybody's inviting me for dinner. And so I said, let's go do it. Let's go have dinner with everybody. Oh, let's great. go travel the world and dine with DeLoreans. Oh. And so he said, let's do a DeLorean world tour. So we're we're really just getting to know where all the DeLorean owners are. And, and, and when the VW electric bus does come out, I will have one and some <laughs> way to charge it without charging stations. <laughs> um, but actually, we're going to probably convert it to hydrogen. Um, because that's the way to go, the way of the future. But what we want to do is actually meet everybody. I want to meet everybody, and I want to hear your stories, not just about your cars. I don't know if you guys know this, but you're all really interesting, very fascinating (laughs) group of individuals. And I I just – I asked the questions um, about to get the volunteers. And I asked these three questions that I have that help me place people where they'll be happiest in job placements. And it starts with what are your passions? What are your talents? And then what are your skills? Cause I can teach you the skills, but your passions are what's going to keep you drive driven yeah. and your, and your, and your talents are what comes easy to you. And then your skills are just whatever what anybody taught you. Yeah. 
And when I asked this question, I didn't anticipate what would happen when I got the answer. I just wasn't thinking about it. And I said to Jason, I was like, I want to meet all these people. Like, I start, I was like, listen to this guy, listen to this girl, listen to this. And and I got so excited about what you all do and, and your stories and your passions and your side things that you work on. Somebody saving people for uh, like, I just, you know, in my spare time, I'm just a rescue guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> that, you know, just running into burning buildings to save people. Cool. That. That's fascinating. The stories are amazing. So I want to do that. I want to show up to all the clubs. I want to connect with Jason. I mean, J sorry, Jason. <laughs> I, I thought Jason because I said this is what happened. I'm talking to you and I'm thinking about talking to Jason about the whole fame thing. Uh -huh. And I said, I actually think it'd be cool to be automotive royalty instead of famous. Because then I can just travel around going to really cool car shows, seeing really cool cars, and then being oh, you uh, need to do that. oblivious to everybody else. That might be a level of fame I can handle. Cause oh, you so need to do that. That would be so fun. Because the Celebration Car Show is still one of my favorite things that happens of all time. I, the last one I went to... The, when we did the rally race, I was following a real AC Cobra that was really being driven. Wow. And there is nothing in this world that sounds like <laughs> that car racing through these sides. It was trans. I can hear it. It's, it's taking me away to a whole other. It was beautiful. It was the sound. If you've never heard a real AC Cobra, you need to. It is transcendent. And I was racing with one and a Pagani. Like what oh, do you wow. do when you have an extra four and a half million dollars? You drive <laughs> your car around. It was, it was incredible. And so why not? Oh, and my husband said, have you ever been in a car where your wife says, I got to pass this Ferrari. He's going too slow. <laughs> I mean, uh, he was, he was going way too slow. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I hope that you continue down the path of going to, DeLorean events and car events and have fun with that because you're clearly a car girl. You're so outgoing and friendly and sharing the message of John, of your dad and being that, you know, automotive royalty. There's something to that. That could be a lot of fun. I think so. I, I'm not a really big, I have a really hard time with it being about me. Right. And so my husband said, he said, it's, it doesn't feed your ego. It feeds your id. Mm -hmm. I said, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think I think I'm okay with people loving my dad, feeding my core human. And you know what's really cool about this? Somebody pointed out to me the other day. They said, you know, when my dad dies 20 years later, I won't be able to remember him like that. And I said, yeah, that's, that's true. I yeah. get to relive my father right now. Not just through you guys. I'm talking to all of his old friends. and Oh, that's great. Right. And I'm learning all of these things about him. They're, they're enjoying it too. They're loving going down memory lane and telling me these ridiculous stories about my dad. You are the person. You have the personal connection. You have the personality. You need to start interviewing all of these people that worked for your dad, that knew your dad, friends, business. That's uh, what I'm doing. Delorean owners. Yeah, that's fantastic so on the youtube channel that's what and in the delorean legacy podcast that's what we're going to have is uh, so my first interview was fred dellis and unfortunately 
that one is so we did it on a video but it was just him on speakerphone so i have to make it something that is watchable before it, i can it. release okay. it to everybody it. and this i actually i have an interview with somebody um on sunday and and then we'll have that's going to be my first owner and then i'm going jason's been setting up all of the people i was contacted by so I was contacted by somebody who worked at my father's at the prototype house. He's the youngest surviving person who worked with my father. Oh, wow. And then I also spoke to a gentleman whose grandfather worked for my father at Pontiac. Or actually, both of his parents worked for my dad at Pontiac. They met there. Wow. Which was great. And and so I want to interview all of these people just to get to pick their brains and to learn more about about my dad and what he was like. And then I'm going to bring on all of the people I grew up with that were a big part of his life. So BJ, who was his girlfriend for most of my life, I call her my mom because she raised me and she has wonderful stories about him. My father has a friend named Michael Ashenbrenner, who is a famous artist who literally just moved to New Hampshire he has a house in California and now he has a house in New Hampshire because I told him how beautiful it was and he came out here and I was able to just visit with him. So he'll tell some of the stories about dad and you'll get to actually know this man who nobody else knows, who only we know because he was so special. So I need a whole bunch of other people to come in and help me tell you just yeah. how special he was. Yeah. Wow. Do it and keep doing it. Don't do what I did, which is, you know, take <laughs> months off at a time. <laughs> I did not realize that that was the other. That's the other part of the DeLorean Legacy project. So, yes, definitely uh, put together a, a package to make that to uh, make that more sellable. Because I, we should have started with that. I, I didn't <laughs> even didn't realize that. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. That was the book. That was how the book started the stories were supposed to be and when it turned into a web page I, I didn't expect but I started I reached out to Ke to Kevin Abato in February and I was like hey we had been talking about this book and this project for about a year and I said I'm ready I'm ready let's start let's let's get back with the community help me figure out what I have to do and I started, you know, reaching back out to people and I even reached out to Tamir and said, can I get a new account on, do you mind if I do this on DMC Talk? And then when I went to register the website is when I found out about all the cease and desist and stuff. And, and I was really upset and I said, do you think they'll just give me this one? Like, can I get, I just want this one <laughs> website. As I'm freaking out about it, Angel says, by the way, I registered this website. And I went, oh, my God, you have it? Okay, okay, hold it for the DeLorean family. Like, I didn't know him very well. I was like, please, I need this. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, no, it's fine. I thought, you know, I'd put, the, I'd put the renditions of the car and a tribute to your dad. Maybe we'd have, like, a section where people could send letters to your dad to say how much he meant to them. I typed out on LinkedIn to this professional person who just – are you effing kidding me? Like, type it. <laughs> Can I please tell you what I'm working on, which is trying to collect all these letters, this Dear John section that you're talking about. So here I set out to do this thing, to write this book, to collect these stories, and I instantly walk into a completed website and a firestorm of people just waiting for me to say hi. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it was a flood. I still have not gotten through all of the volunteer messages. As a matter of fact, there's a guy who I was working with to reconnect with the POCI in one of my many DM places. I have gone through as many DMs in as many places as I can find, and I can't find him again. So whoever it was that I was talking to, please find me. (laughs) But literally, that's how it all turned into what it is. It was supposed to be a book of these stories. Hmm. And because everybody was so – I didn't want to have to charge people for it. It was to give everybody a a definitive thing that could be pointed to and shared saying, here's the positive. Yeah. Which is what I heard all the fans wanting more than anything throughout all my years is please give me something positive we can point to. So that's what it was supposed to be. And then it turned into this this whole thing. And I said and then Jay suggested Jay Ryan suggested that we do the interviews like just turn it into a, a videos. OK, yeah. cool. Yeah. That works. So let's just do that. Somebody said, Kat's going to tell the untold story, right? Everybody else has tried to tell the story. Now she tells the parts they left out. It was funny because somebody on Facebook literally responds with, I doubt she has anything more to say than my book. Oh, no. What, what are the ones that aren't? Wait, what are the ones that aren't good? The ones that talk about my dad, like the bad ones, the yeah. ones that really talk about. The, so they list those. Oh, my gosh. And then I said, and then they said, I'll reserve my judgment for when I see it. I said, <laughs> pardon me, because the stories I have to tell are from his personal friends and family. Yeah. And they're the positive stories that nobody talks about. I'm pretty sure those things are not in a single one of the things that you're talking about. So I'll forgive you to reserve your judgment. Reserve your judgment about what? Right, yeah. You don't even know what you're talking about. You're going to judge my ability to talk about my dad? What is even that? I don't know. Amazing. Wow. (laughs) Right? Like, okay. Hey, there's a lot of arrogant people out there. I'm just here to have fun. I'm super excited to have the DeLorean Legacy Project, have you doing that. I'm excited to uh, send people that that direction. This is probably the longest episode with anybody in the (laughs) years I've been doing it. I'm sure that people enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm so thankful to get to talk to you and get to know you a little bit. We have this really cool message and this really fun journey and a smile machines. Yep. Come on. Makes people happy. Yes. So let's so keep let's that do up. It. Awesome. Come on. Smile more. Thank you again, Kat. You're welcome. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this as much as I did. Don't forget to go f- fill out the uh, DeLorean census record at deloreandirectory.com slash census. Even if you've put one in the past, if you've updated the car or moved to a new location, put in a new census record so that uh, we can keep track and track down all the cars that are left out there. Be sure to share DeLorean talk on your social media or with your other DeLorean owner friends and stay tuned and uh, keep the glass clean. (laughs) Yes, it's good. Keep the glass clean. (laughs) I'm sure it will work for the stainless too. Get all the smudges out. Yeah.